It is the Chicagoverse podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists in industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black, welcome to Chicago. Dynasty Podcast. It's our last interview of the night if you're watching this on the live stream. And if you are listening on iTunes, well, FYI, every Sunday night at 9 p.m. at facebook.com slash dynastypodcast. We're broadcasting these interviews live over Facebook. Um, but either way, whether you're watching this live or listening later, we are sitting here with DJ Step. How are you doing, man? Good, man. Thank you for having me out. I'm excited to be here with you, with yeah, the man, co-host you've had with Penny, the cat over here. The cat is like the unofficial co-host of the podcast. She really like <laughs> is always circling this equipment, and I'm always nervous she's going to knock it over. No. Um, but man, and, and I always also, I'm always appreciative of anyone who comes up. I'm always extremely appreciative of whoever goes last. Because I'm always like, I hope they're not bored listening to these other interviews. So thank you for hanging out here during this hour. No, it's cool. I mean, I, I think as the work you're doing here is like archiving and kind of crystallizing a lot of stuff that's important here in Chicago and being able to just be a student of, of everybody, you know? Well, I appreciate it. it so, I, um, I feel lucky that people want to be on this podcast. I always, I genuinely, I know I always say I appreciate it, but I... I'm not bullshitting. I genuinely appreciate every single person who comes up and makes time on the mic. So, so anyway, so now we're just being like, we're both polite. Um, yeah. And if she gets in your way, no, man, let cool. me know. We're cool. All right, cool. So, you know, you and I, you know, we just got done talking about how great Twitter is. <laughs> and we found each other because I, it might have been Instagram, actually. You tagged me in a photo. And initially... I'll be honest, like, I glanced at it for a second. I was like, why am I getting tagged in this thing? Like, I have nothing to do with this. Who's yeah. spamming me? Because there's a lot of that on, oh, no, on Instagram. Sure. There's I mean, a lot of, like, it's just social sunglasses media. for sale, you like, know? How many times have you, uh, you know, gone to a Facebook event page that you got, you know? Or you're added to a Facebook group. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. And you're like, this has nothing or to do with Or a mass message on Twitter. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But, but I got tagged in this photo on Instagram, and then I, like, revisited, and I was like, wait a minute, this is a thing, like, and it was a mix that you put together, mm-hmm. and um, it's the first real time this has happened, at least in earnest, where you sampled part of Dynasty Podcasts in this mix, and, and tell us about the mix, like, bring yeah. us into that, um, because I was just a tiny, tiny, tiny little part of this, but, but tell us about this mix. Yeah, so um, it was a project that was called uh, Chicago Style Mix that was, I put out last, this past May. The part that sampled uh, Dynasty was kind of the intro of it. Um, I'm a big podcast fan. Some people like podcasts. Some people aren't. It's like kind of like one of those type A or right. type B personalities. It's a things. good time for pod, And I'm not even including myself in that. Yeah. I'm just, in general, this is a good time for podcasts. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, um, you know, I had listened through a lot of the episodes. A lot of, like, my friends are on have been on previous episodes. So it's really cool to be able to kind of listen back and hear their perspective on things that they don't really talk about over drinks or going out. You know? Sure. Um, so it was a it was an episode with uh, Kevin Koval. Mm-hmm. Um, Those are really good chat. Yeah. So uh, I mean, two people like that in the same room. I think it's good to hear you guys kind of chop it up back and forth. Um, yeah. We we read a uh, for anyone who hasn't heard that episode, and it's a good episode. Yeah. Uh, that was right when his book came out. Right. Um, um, a People's History of Chicago. I was right. like, why am I blanking on it? And he has a song or a song a uh, poem called Chicago Has My Heart. Right. And I was not even, I legitimately was not vying to try to like do a dual reading with him. I wasn't being like, hey man, like let me be part of it. Because I was like, do you want to read something? 
And then he was like, why don't we both read it? So yeah. this was not me like fishing for that opportunity, but it was a very cool thing to get to do that with him. Mm-hmm. And then that was, yeah, like what made it into part of your mix, which right. I was like, kind so of surprised. Like, the preamble of that too was you guys kind of talking about how important now is for, I think you guys said young creatives, but I, I, I don't consider myself young anymore. So I actually chopped it up and, and, and made it actually about creatives in general. Well, and, and that is a good point. It's a good time for all creatives, I think, or it can be right. in a lot of ways. And there's also a lot of obstacles, but, um, but it's just something I think that I have it in my mind because I teach at Columbia College mm. and I see so many of these younger, you know, I shouldn't say kids, like young adults, but right. these young individuals who are really starting to find their footing and find their voice and find their passion. And it just seems like that's so activated in the city right now yeah. where people are like, oh my God, like I can, you know, I always say that like there have been all these different creative kind of like explosions in the city, mm-hmm. whether it's like when Smashing Pumpkins came out or Kanye right. or whatever. Yep. But the difference is, and I was too young to really be in this moment, but like I would imagine that when the pumpkins broke, you couldn't really be part of that unless you like owned a guitar. And even then you were still chasing the major label thing. Yeah. I think Chance was the first moment where like one of those big culture explosions happened in the city. And suddenly everyone who wanted to could, who was inspired by that could be like, well, I have Pro Tools or I have a phone or I have a laptop or whatever. I could do my own thing too. So it's just, it's, you know, we know there's been a renaissance, but it's been amazing to see the last better part of a decade, yeah. all of these individuals be able to activate because they got inspired, not just by chance, but just because they have tools that we've never really had before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can not only like own a piece of what's going on in terms of the relationship with the artist, but you can also take that artist and, and sort of use it as your muse for the next thing that you're going to do. So. 100%. Now, and we're skipping ahead. We're jumping all over. So let's back it up. We, we do always kind of start with like, how did you get your start? Because we're going to talk about your work as the DJ for the Chicago Fire, the soccer team. But but let's scale back a little bit. Like, how did you get your start with music and how did this happen for you? Yeah, I, um, I moved to Chicago in probably like tail end of 2009, early 2010 um, for school. Musically, um, I had played like jazz and classical trumpet for like 10 years leading up to that and was kind of interested in being a part of the music scene here in, in that regard. Um, but I went to DePaul. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> DePaul's performance major situation is that you have to like be able to play like keys and you have to be able to do, be a way more well-rounded instrument or instrumentalist and okay. musician. And I could read music, I could like write it, but I, I definitely couldn't play keys and wasn't going to pretend to. <laughs> so um, off that, um, I tried to figure out a different way to kind of express... Uh, myself musically and that's when kind of DJing came up um, it was it was in that we were talking about like uh, with Austin like Holotronics and like blog blogging oh, yeah. blog house era like mashup that 2000s which yeah. was like kind of reared its ugly head and became something we didn't really want it to be eventually like do I need a journey just like every part yeah. of the internet <laughs> do I need like a journeys mashup of like you know whatever sure yeah sure. and so do I need, yeah. So, but like when it was that early time, when it was like gene, um, what was it like? Christina Aguilar on the strokes, a stroke of genius. Yeah. Um, that kind of like, oh my God, that was such a like, the or like internet what, and yeah. like HD sleeve and all, and like, for and sure, just making like really, really cool indie edits of things. And that's kind of where I, I tried to understand what was going on. And I would actually go out like in the, I had my brother's like fake ID and I would go out and I just try that. and, 
figure out like the party scene. Um, the first real party I went to that I, one of them was One Night Stand at the Metro, which was like Team Bayside High and all yes. those guys. Wow, yeah, I remember uh, those. Yeah, Money Penny, mm-hmm. um, Chess and Jessica. Yep. Yeah, and then um, uh, Just Desserts at Lincoln Hall with like Clayton Hawk. Oh my God, man! You're bringing me back. Yeah. <laughs> These are all folks we've had on the podcast. Yeah. I mean, that was that was kind of like when this podcast started. Yeah, like not sh- long before that. Like, because I kind of started like right around the same as time as Floss. Right, right when Sonatech turned into Beauty Bar, basically. Oh man, Sonatech. Um, oh, we're we're treading dangerous yeah. waters. That could just be like the next two hours. We've been like, and then one yeah. time at Sonatech, it's amazing. <laughs> but um, yeah. but yeah, absolutely. Like that was a moment, and you're right. Like when. When Floss, when One Night Stand, when like Money Penny, Rehab uh, at Debonair, Rehab, yeah. Midnight Conspiracy, Spring Awakening was new. Yeah. That was a moment. Yeah. So I, I saw um, who's a good friend of mine, Matt Rowan, play at mm-hmm. Just Desserts and Wednesday Night Party. And I had been hitting up like every DJ and artist I had seen, like on MySpace afterwards, asking them oh like God, questions. I love and it. Yada, 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 yada. And for the most part, just like hushed off as like, beat it, kid. Like, I don't really want to like, you know, talk to you at all. <laughs> um, but Matt was like the first person that genuinely responded to what I was doing. Matt's a good dude. Yeah, he's, he's just a like a good, he's, nice he's a class act. guy. He so, is a class act. That's a good way of saying it. So uh, eventually, um, uh, Matt introduced me to his partner um, in not life partner, but business partner. Was that E uh, six? Yeah, Emilio. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Emilio and Matt pretty much. Um, uh, with the trade-off that I would help organize records and clean the studio and do kind of like intern work, they taught me how to to mix records and scratch, basically. Yeah. That, I mean, that seems like a fair like. I mean, I feel like I got. I feel like I worked out ahead than them. To I be mean, honest, you're learning so. from like really like the best of the best there. Yeah, and I mean, it, those guys were like the party kings in Chicago. It, and it wasn't a moment to be able to see like a super fun era and like all of those parties that were going on and see that there was like you could actually make a top 10 dj list and there would be people that would be on that and there'd be like legitimate fearsome arguments about it i don't feel like that type of competitive nature exists in djing as much anymore (laughs) we're too busy arguing about other things on the internet now. yeah right i mean we're like where's the first lady (laughs) yeah or yeah yeah, i mean like let's be honest there's obviously way more priorities uh (laughs) the world's on fire now yeah yeah exactly um, but back then, you're right. Like it was just kind of like, yeah, it was a, it was a more playful, innocent time mm-hmm, for yeah. sure. So so you start going out to clubs. You're you're using your brother's ID. You're hitting up, you know, these guys on MySpace. Like, how did you start? <laughs> so to, stupid. No, 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 dude, not at all. This that's MySpace yeah, is where I yeah, started yeah, publishing yeah. this podcast at first. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that was what we had at the moment. So. How did that lead you to really developing your own identity as a DJ and starting yeah. to like really put yourself out there? Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, technology, I think, was starting to get more accessible. That was kind of around the advent sure. of what's called Serato, which for people that don't know, it's like the digital software that allows you to play stuff through your, your laptop on mm-hmm. a mixer. So it was becoming more accessible, but at the same time, if you're going to learn from people that actually originally started on records, I think that sort of needs to be your entry point as well. Um, so there was a weird transient period where the only opportunities I was really getting was to be in the studio with them. They had a studio over at the Music Garage and practicing on records there and mixing on that. And then eventually kind of they gave me the opportunity to to start using the technology. So... There was a lot of like Mr. Miyagi, yeah. wax on, wax off, <laughs> like you know, 
I mean, and yeah. you're learning from the best. You're learning from masters. Trim from the bonsai tree type deal before sure. you could actually get to like <laughs> you know the the real stuff. Um, which some would argue both are, are are real things that are like I think important to tools to have. But eventually, like after you kind of are literate in something, just the way you are with like writing right. or or music, um, you start to try to develop like where do I where am I the most happy? What what works the most with with what I do or or what my background is or where I come from. And I think after throwing parties in in college and trying to kind of use that as a side hustle to be able to afford a few more beers or or meet more people, um, you kind of take that and uh, uh, formulate what is, is you as a human being and as like an artist. So, yeah. And so currently, in the present day, mm-hmm. you are the DJ for the Chicago Fire, not the TV show, but the right. soccer team. <laughs> yeah. um, how did that come together? And that's like a really unique position because I think that you're operating in a space that like not every DJ would have thought to go there. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of goes back to what we were talking about beforehand is that we were saying that like there was cliques and, and groups of people that were known for a certain thing. Like you knew when you were going to Porn and Chicken those DJs were doing something specific. You sure. knew when you were going to a night at um, Empire, like those people were doing something specific. Right. So everyone had their own kind of unique style or like records that were made their evening. And as a DJ now, like unless you're linked up with like an artist or you're touring with somebody um, or like you're attached to like a, a label or you're being asked to do curation for like, you know, um, you know, another bigger subsidiary, it's tough to be able to find something to, like, stick your name up against and say, like, I'm putting my imprint on this, basically. Right. Um, and so I've always been a big sports fan, um, but I had played soccer my entire life and, uh, you know, I'd gotten recruited by some schools to play in college and just didn't really want to be a part of it because I felt like it took away from, like, an actual college experience being, like, well, you get immediate 30 friends. Like, I want to actually try a little bit harder and, like, you know. Wow, man, you're, see, a lot of us, like, are, like, uh, yeah, I'm going to play the game on easy level, and you're, like, yeah. the guy's, like, no, 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 let's not enter the cheat codes. Like, I want to earn this. Nah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. kudos. Yeah, well, I mean, not to take away anything from, like, you know, collegiate sport athletes, but I just, I felt like there wasn't the right fit for me. So um, I got uh, gifted tickets um, to... Uh, a season with the fire um, by my brother for a birthday in like 2015. Mm-hmm. 20, um, and I had some friends that were videographers. Um, uh, one guy, his name is Ben LeManager, um, also Ben, weirdly enough. And uh, I reached out to him saying, hey, like, you know, I got these tickets. Like, I kind of want to just do something to celebrate. Like, I don't really, you know, I'm going to be excited about drinking beers with my friends during the summertime and just kind of having fun. Sure. Um, so we put this mix together. Um, it was essentially like heat-related samples, anything from like Johnny Cash's Ring of Fire to like, you know, more hokier stuff like Snoop Dogg's Drop It Like It's Hot or something Maybe like, like that. it's getting hot in here. Oh, I didn't go there. That's a good point. Oh, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't take it to Nelly. Um, but <laughs> that's a fair point. It's always um, next time. <laughs> yeah, right. 2018 inspiration. Um, <laughs> mood board, for real. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so I put this this video out, and it's uh, it's a mix of a supercut of goals from the previous season that was in 2015, and um, scratch scratches and like turntable tricks. And I reached out to uh, 
a store that was right across from my house from the town I was living in Lakeview. It's called Midwest Pro Sounds. It's like okay. pretty much one of like the oldest and like still withstanding DJ stores strictly in the entire city. And I, just like the MySpace era stuff, I was always in the store. Like they were, I was almost like an employee at that point. Like I was always asking about equipment. One of those or lifers. Being, yeah, 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 yeah. I felt like kind of like Kramer, sort of like the one neighbor <laughs> that you didn't want. Or there. like the great bit in High Fidelity where he's like, I hired these guys for like one day a week. Yeah, that was three and years they, ago. Yeah. And <laughs> There's always stop showing up. Always there. You're gonna buy that? Like, right. ugh, I don't know. <laughs> um, and so they gave me a studio space in the back for 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 free to record it. Um, That's amazing. And let let me use their equipment and. Uh, I put it out on the internet, really not expecting much to happen, um, and I, you know, I slid it to, just to be like smart about it. Like, slid it to a couple of blogs, being like, "Hey, if you guys think this is interesting or compelling, let me know." And um, you know, a bunch of them picked it up. Um, the the organization saw it, meaning the organization, like the front office of the the team, mm-hmm. and then even the owner of the club actually like hand ripped me like you know an email saying you know thank you for this, and they they gave me a job basically. Um, they're like, can you do this every every game? Um, and that's amazing because it's like, I mean, I think there's a couple things that are really evident in that story. A, that passion has taken you really, really, really far. Because everything you're describing here, it's like, it doesn't sound like this was the easiest path in the world. Like, it sounds like there are other things you could have done that would have been easier, but you were just driven by this desire that this is like the thing that you love. And also, I just think it's really smart that you found a space where you're not trying to just like get on EDC, you're not trying to like nah. be this, you know, be in the same place as every other DJ, and you found a space where like really you weren't even competing with anyone else. And you're like, oh my god, this is my lane where I can just shine. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, it's like sports DJing or like corporate event. I, I don't think it's necessarily the same as corporate event because you have a very direct like rapport with like fans and people that are supporting like a city or a team. Right. Um, but. It's something that's, I think, still being discovered or hashed out, and it's it's really dependent on the sport, too. Soccer being a, a sport that I think historically doesn't get very much love here in the United States, but is really, really growing. I mean, it's huge worldwide, though. Like, right, yeah. Like, my family, you know, they like soccer. They're not, like, you know, crazy fanatics about it. Right. But, like, you know, they were, for a while, they were getting up at... God, whatever time to go to those certain bars in the city mm-hmm. where you're watching a game at like what I don't know six eight nine a.m. Yeah, for so sure. the people who love soccer, they just love soccer. Definitely. It's a passionate sport. Um, so you're doing this now. You are DJing what every every game? Yeah, so it's every like weekend home game. Yeah, um, normally like games for the team tend to be on Saturdays or Sundays. Um, soccer's you know a ninety minute sport, so. Um, not a lot of stoppage time and my job is basically to um, be the warm up mixtape for the team um, I have like a little halftime show where we kind of cut it up scratch a little bit and then I've done I've done pretty much everything like you know for the club whether it be you know producing intro tracks being a part of commercial audio production like you're the Swiss um, army knife yeah uh, you know being a part of last year the all-star game was here in Chicago so you know, partnering with the league, and then also a lot of people know this, but uh, United States, the national team, their office is also here in Chicago. Oh, so yeah, I didn't um, know right by like Soldier Field, kind of in like the um, like Prairie Street, like mm-hmm. the mansion. Yeah, over yeah, there. yeah. So work with them as well on um, uh, qualifiers for the national team this past year. Um, got to kind of go out to. Um, San Jose and Columbus to work on their activations and stuff. So that's that's incredible. Yeah, it was really cool. 
so let me ask you this because this is so interesting to me, and, I, and I'll be I'll be transparent. I don't know much about sports. I'm not as much of a sports guy. Yeah. But I, it's not like I'm like against it. It's more just like I don't know a lot about it. But I think what you're doing is really cool. At any time, there's like a music kind of component. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I can wrap my head around that part. Right. Yeah. You know. But like, when you look at where you are with this. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like, wow, I'm really glad I carved out my own lane. I'm really glad I wasn't just trying to be like one of a million DJ acts that's trying to get to EDC. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess how do you view your role with this? I think um, I'm really, really blessed and lucky to be able to be in the position I am, not just um, to be a part of it, but also from the relationships and people I've been able to meet because of it. Um, I do think like now that it's like three or four years in, I'm trying to kind of differentiate um, myself from not just being, I think I, a lot of times it's the easiest thing to, to say about me is that I'm probably, that I'm the DJ for a sports team. Sure. However, yeah. which is like, you know. That, that's, that's the elevator Right, pitch. yeah. yeah. Um, but like the vast majority of my my work is like in like nightclubs and bars. So like, while you can't hang your hat on the nightlife industry because a lot of times these places are like here today, gone tomorrow. Yeah. Um, as we were just talking about with all the parties we just yeah, all the right? all the parties that don't exist anymore, <laughs> yeah. venues that don't exist uh, anymore. Yeah, like the 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 cemetery of of, of nightlife <laughs> that we right. all long for. Um, but I think kind of trying to hash out like a duality between the two of them and and figure out what your voice is in between either. Um, is sort of like I think the next biggest challenge, but also within that thrust, kind of trying to figure out how where I'm already at, you can kind of take it and present it to more people. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, do you have like a kind of like ideal destination in mind of like eventually I'd like to be doing this, or is it just it's still this journey and you're finding what it is? Um, I, you know, I have like I think ideas of more involvement that I'd like to do. I think internationally and nationally with like the league as itself, That'd be um, with soccer. Um, but part of the onus with that the mix, um, the Chicago style mix, was putting on for artists here in the city. I think we go out and a lot of times, and in the same way, like you know, we were talking about um, Flostradamus or, or the other parties where we rely too much on like the top hundred songs that right. we're listening to and very rarely do you get pushed something new that you're like oh man like I need to go back home and look this up afterwards and find out who this is well, and, and especially something that I, I, I'm regretful that we didn't mention earlier like you put a big focus on Chicago artists at least in the mix that I was tagged yeah. in but like it seems like there's a big emphasis and that's you know very much a recurring theme throughout tonight's interviews, but, like, you definitely have a focus on Chicago talent, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I always was that way, and part of it was an, initially... Actually, the graphic designer is a guy named uh, Dan Canvas, who's also a hip-hop and, 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 and songwriter as well. And um, we had a party at DePaul that was... Uh, it was predominantly his, but it was called Heavy Rotation, where we had, like... Um, you know, Mick Jenkins, like all these guys before they were huge, yeah, yeah. You know, touring nationally, playing these, you know, it was tonic room. So it was like they could right. ten people felt crowded, you know it's what a I'm small saying? Room, yeah. So I was really inspired by the fact that like there's so much more to, you know, I think your earlier conversations, which will be on separate podcasts obviously, but uh about not just, you know, like new gospel music with chants or like or taking it like very 
deep and dark in the opposite direction with like dirk or right right or, the or drill yeah. yeah so um trying to figure out that gray area in between like the neo soul artists that we're excited about like the latin x artists that we're excited about mm-hmm. um there's just so much that i think needs to be covered and i think that's why with this first edition of it hopefully as it grows um I want you to be able to, like, as a DJ, go into a pool and find edited versions of, like, Chicago artists or, like, intros or acapella outs. I don't know how many times where I, like, hit up a label, and this is probably a conversation for the Closed Sessions dudes, is that, like, why aren't there, like, stems or things re-released or, like... Sure, DJ mixes. The same way we used to pick up vinyl where the white labels would have the instrumental. The Like, it's become, like... It should be way more accessible. Like we have way much, way more technology. Um, but for this mix, like, because people people are notoriously slow on reaching out to you, I had to do it myself. Like I go back into Logic and rechop samples uh, and find little bits and pieces where I could put a drum loop on it and make an intro out of it. I think so like you're doing the work, man. The real OGs would be like, well, if it's if it if it isn't if it isn't really there, you shouldn't do it. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, but. Uh, we live in the remix culture, though. Yeah, and 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 so like a track like like Payload uh, by Kami, like that doesn't have any start or stop to finish definitive to it. There's no, there's not really a hook. It's just the same hook over and over again in the song. So it's like trying to bring structure to a chaotic world for a dance floor. I think is is what's challenging. I think we're worrying about it. So hopefully, Chicago keeps making dope stuff that will make me want to do a second or a third or or try and get more people involved. Well, yeah, absolutely, man. I think what you put out with this first one is a very unifying effort. And again, like, you know, you are, you know, I don't have a lot of sports people on this podcast. And again, it's not like I'm opposed to it. It's just I don't know that world as much. Yeah. And so... The fact that, like, you're operating in this space where, A, it was something I was like, oh, I can have a conversation with that guy. And, B, like, you're doing really cool work. And, C, like, you found your own lane and you really be- built this unique path. I just think all that's so interesting. So um, I'm really glad, you know, like I said tonight, like, I'm really glad we got to start the conversation mm-hmm. because you're another one who I would love to bring you back on as you have new developments, as you have new things going on. But, but man, even if you hadn't sampled me in the podcast, it's just like... <laughs> yeah, humble brag, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's like I, I knew that there was an interesting story to be told, yeah. so I'm glad we got to start it tonight. And I think that like from, from what you're doing with this podcast and just the work in general, and that's I think I, I, I look at the, the mix as kind of uh, a, a, obviously a more boiled-down version because we don't have you know almost a thousand episodes. Well, uh, but, been doing this forever. But, <laughs> but uh, being able to archive and like kind of crystallize like things that um, you know four or five years from now might not exist. Like I know people that I, I bought records from, or even record stores, for instance, when I first started out. Like they're they're so much of the culture is disappearing. Now, it just know? turns so. over so quickly, and it's. It is worth preserving so many of these things. And I'm not even talking about just my podcast, but just yeah. in general, like Chicago culture and, and culture at large is yeah. worth preserving and making sure that people know about it. Because on the one hand, yes, nothing ever disappears from the internet, right. but at the same time, it's a big internet, so it is easy to lose No, things. totally. And the same way that, like, uh, for instance, you know, as a DJ or as an artist, you very much often are, like, trying to promote people to come out to things. But if someone misses it, you're always like, oh, well, we'll just catch you at the next one right a lot of these people that like 
we're witnessing right now, there may not be like a next time. A next time. Yeah. Um, especially with DJs, because I think a lot of the people just don't take care of their health and don't take care of themselves. And that's <laughs> that, man. That's a whole big uh, right. other we podcast. No, no, but it's, it's time, a good but... point. It's a good point. It's like you have to, you know, it sounds so cliche, but it's like health is really, and I, I say this as somebody who's figuring this out in real time, but it's like health is really important. Like I yeah. signed up for like a bunch of boxing classes this week because I'm like, I mm-hmm. need to be more physically proactive, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just that kind of thing is important. Yeah, so I think you know, um, doing this, doing this, quote unquote, God's work for uh, <laughs> for music and for Chicago, I think is important. And I really appreciate you kind of inviting me down the street because I'm here in Pilsen. To yeah, yeah, man, that's awesome. Um, I love this. Let's let's find more collaborative opportunities. And and like I said, the mic is on, so we'll bring you back on as as new things are happening for you in your career. Thank you, Jaime. Awesome, man. DJ Step. Awesome. Thanks to everybody who watched and listened. We'll be back next week. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcasts. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the dynamic dynasty, Dynasty Descend.